power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this gathering. Cause us unto no other name but unto the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask that you shall take absolute control. As I'm about to speak your word, may I not speak of my own accord. May I speak as you grant me utterance. By virtue of the fact that I'm a blood-born citizen of the kingdom of God, I take authority in the realm of the spirit. And I declare a supernatural injunction in the activity of the enemy this place declare the hearts and the minds of the people of God sanctify them be ready for them to have an encounter with their father through the way take glory father take glory son take glory Holy Spirit in Jesus most excellent name have we prayed with thanksgiving amen somebody put your hands together for Jesus How many of you are glad to be in church today? And how many of you are ready for the word? Hallelujah. How many of you know we are in a season of prayer? How many of you know we are in a season of prayer? Hallelujah. We are entering 2022 with prayer. Amen. You see, the Bible says, My house shall be a house of preaching, true or false. My house shall be a house of dancing, true or false. My house shall be a house of prophesying true or false he said my house shall be a house of what prayer hallelujah and today we'll pray tell somebody today we will pray and it is only one prayer topic we'll pray hallelujah one oh don't worry i'll preach i don't mean like from the beginning to the end (laughs) it's only one prayer topic we'll pray any unfinished business in 2021 me i have unfinished business with god today i'm going to hold his gown hallelujah when i say pay it is you and god hallelujah Aha. there are some things you want to see before the year ends and today you are going to hold on to to the horns of the altar we are going to pray we are going to settle certain things in the spirit even if they don't manifest before the year ends, it must manifest some way, somehow. Hallelujah. Yeah, so we are going to spend some time praying. But today, you know, last two weeks, I started something on what happens when we do not pray. How many of you remember? How many of you were not in church? <laughs> I'm going to continue. I gave you two things. The first one I said was that you are confused in life. There's, there's nothing that lights your path. It's like... You are just confused. When you find yourself being chronically confused, it could be that you are not praying. Amen? Hallelujah. That day I gave you two. Even the second one, I didn't finish it properly. Uh So I'll finish the second one properly. The second one was that strange occurrences happen in our lives. Strange occurrences. Somebody says strange things. Strange things are far away from you in the name of Jesus. Oh, I said strange things are far away from you in the name of Jesus. And you see, talking about strange things, I mentioned the issue of Job, but I didn't go into detail. Those of you who follow our visitation, I did a little exposition on the Job thing, but I'll, I'll go a little deeper today with, with the issue of Job. 
You see, I've made a point that prayer is important in every believer's life. Hallelujah. You, you cannot be there and not pray. You can't wake up from bed and get up and join, 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 join. You are just going. Walking into the day, walking into the unknown. Just like that. No, no, it's not right. It is not right. But unfortunately, that is what a lot of us do. Our priority is work. Our priority is school. God is like an afterthought. Somebody wrote a song and said, instead of treating God like a G-O-D, we are treating him like a D-O-G. We turn it around. The song's title is, How Do You Treat God? Is it like a G-O-D or a D-O-G? A D-O-G is a dog. Sometimes in the house is the leftover food that we give to the, the bones, the, the, the things that we don't really cherish. And that is how a lot of us treat God. God is not number one in our lives. He becomes number one when the storms of life hit. When there is something ahead of us. When we have exams to write. When we dream a bad dream. And monkeys are chasing us. And lions are chasing us. You know, but those are the times we see God. But you must see God while it is day. Hallelujah. Yeah. When you are still young and you still have energy. I've told you that there is nothing like wasted prayer. Nothing like wasted prayer. Every prayer is banked. It is stored. Some of you, your prayer account is in the red. There's nothing, nothing to draw. If the enemy decides to attack you right now, nothing in your bank. No, completely nothing. Zero. When you wake up in the morning, straight. Bath. Work. School. You come back. Eat. Sleep. Snore. Some of your snoring is so loud that even when God is talking to you in your dream, the snoring will drown the words of God. And you will not hear anything. May God deliver you from that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Ah. You know you can come to the point where you wake up and you know what is ahead of you in the day. Oh, you can get to that point. Your intimacy with God can be so strong and so personal that you wake up and you have an idea of what the day is going to be like. I know somebody who has walked in that realm before. You wake up and it's like a screen will appear in front of him. I'm telling you a true story of somebody I know. A screen will appear in front of him and he will see the day, ahead of the day. So nothing happens that shocks him. And those things, they don't just happen, no. It is consistency in the place of prayer. Hallelujah. Of course, he had a, a, a prophetic inclination. So you can understand why God will lead him in such dramatic ways. Yours, it may not be a screen that will appear before you, but you just have a certain feeling inside. Oh, today I'll meet so so and so. Today, this is a mm. today, something bad may happen. Let me spend an extra 15 minutes in the place of prayer. And you do not know what that extra 15 minutes will do for you. I tell people that when you don't feel like praying the most, it means that is the time you must pray. Amen. When you don't feel like praying the most, that is the time you must pray. 
And so when we talk about strange occurrences, things happening in our lives, we saw some very strange things happening in Job's life. But before then, let's read Job chapter 1 verse 5. Job 1 5. Job chapter 1 verse 5. And I've always emphasized to you the importance of praying at what time of the day? In the morning. Early in the morning. He said, and it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and what rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. He was talking about his children. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Let's read NLT to bring it into modern day English a bit for us to get what he was saying. He says, when these celebrations ended sometimes after several days, Job will purify his children. He will get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. That means every morning the guy will wake up and do some good spiritual things. Somebody say good spiritual things. There are bad spiritual things. So. The others that are doing the negative ones do for their family. Consulting the pot that is under their bed and offering things to, to, to them. You see, in our day as modern day believers, a sacrifice is not only cutting a goat. Prayer is a sacrifice. Worship is a sacrifice. Praise is a sacrifice. Prayer is a sacrifice. Hallelujah. Yeah. So he will get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. So it's like you waking up, you have children, you are praying for each of them, interceding for each of them, praying for your family, covering them in the blood. One commentator said that in those days, the culture was that you don't just offer the sacrifice. When I'm talking about sacrifice, that means it's an animal. When you kill the animal, you sprinkle the blood. Alright? You sprinkle the blood. So in certain cultures, they actually sprinkle the blood over their children. So they had something like a broom. You know that, what do you call it? They put it in the blood and sprinkle it over. So it's like in a modern day, you waking up early and covering your family in the blood of Jesus. He said, for Job said unto himself, perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. Somebody say regular practice. May it be your regular practice that you wake up early in the morning and pray and speak to God before you set out. And let us look at the consequence of this thing he did regularly on his family, on his business. Give me the verse 10. Job 1.10 And this was Satan speaking. You see, Satan is a spirit so he sees what goes on in the spirit. If you are without protection, he knows it. If you are without a hedge around you, he knows it. If there is no wall of fire around you, he knows it. Hallelujah. He said, you always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. This is Satan talking about Job. That there is protection around him. It's because on that, he wakes up in the morning and does some things. Hallelujah. He said there is a hedge. In another version, he says there is a hedge. Have you not put a hedge around him? May the Lord place a hedge around you. 
May the Lord place a hedge around your property. May the Lord place a hedge around your business. May the Lord place a hedge around your marriage in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There was a hedge around him. So Satan had no way of coming through. And so God himself had to remove that hedge before Satan could come in. And look at what happened when that hedge was not around. Look at what happened. Let's start from the verse 13. Verse 13. Give me NLT. Verse 13. He said, one day, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the older brother's house. Job was a very rich man. So we are talking about children of a rich man. Rich kids. You know, Charlie. Charlie, let's come together, you know. It's been a long time since we saw each other. Let's, let's kill some 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 pig and have some you know brachas you know pork they call it brachas cat is joseph pig is brachas <laughs> he said one day when job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house you know how you can decide oh charlie whose house are we meeting this year just go and meet there you know drink up, we are having fun and you know seeing the goodness of the Lord <laughs> verse 14 right now the hedge has been taken away he said a messenger arrived at Job's home with this news he said your oxen were plowing with the donkeys feeding besides them verse 15 when the Sabians raided us I told you that when you see raiding and fighting and things, those things that happen in the physical, in our time, they happen in the spirit. Demons raid homes. Demons raid businesses. Demons raid marriages. You see, one day I'll teach you the nature of demons. Demons don't only enter people's lives. So they don't just enter people's bodies. They can enter a situation. A fight between you and your friend. A demon can enter the situation. And now the whole thing escalates and becomes something else. A small fight between a husband and a wife. A demon can enter the situation. The time you realize they're in the divorce court. Sometimes you look at divorces and what initiated it was nothing. Some small thing somebody said that a little forgiveness could have solved. But these demons, they enter the situation and escalate it and turn it into something else. And may there be a hedge of fire around your house may there be a hedge of fire around your relationship and your marriage and your children and your career and your ministry in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth he said they stole all the animals and killed all the farm hands you see what happens when the hedge is removed the hedge that came there as a result of the fact that this man was consistent in doing certain things When the head was removed, now suddenly some strangers invaded his business. The oxen, what was bringing him money. And the farmhands, the workers, they were killed. They just died. He said, I am only one who escaped to tell you. And most of the time, they leave one person to come and tell him the story and compound his sadness. Next verse. 
I'm showing you what happens when the hedge is gone. He said, while he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with this news. He said, three bands of Chaldean raiders, another crop of demons, another invasion by another type of evil spirit. Raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. They spoiled the first company. Now they have entered the second company too. They are destroying it. The company of oxen, gone. Farm, gone. Workers, killed. Now he has entered company too. See, if you are very rich, you don't have one business, bro. Multiple streams of income. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 2. May God give you multiple streams of income. 2022, nobody is permitted to have only one source of income in this church. Find something else. Even if it's 50 CDs, it brings you a man. It is money you didn't have. It can solve a problem. Sometimes our problem is that we are waiting for that big break. Sometimes the big break is hidden in that small break. There are small doors that when you open and you enter, you see a bigger door. And when you open, there are greater things in there. Nobody, 2022, nobody should have just one source of income. It's not right. It's not correct. Ecclesiastes 11.2. Go and meditate on it. I like the NIV of it. Give me that one before I go on. Let me establish it in your spirit. Before we come back to prayer. Ecclesiastes 11.2. Give me NIV. Aha. He said, but divide your investments among what? Many places. Some of you, all oh, your hope is controller and accountant general. For you do not know what risk must lie ahead. The risk is that one day the computer and controller will get spot and that man's salaries will not come. Does it mean you chew your fingers and boil your children? That's happened sometime in the Bible. They boil their children. They said, Chale, oh no, no. He's no me, no me, no me. Let us chew this one first. Please, let's go back to Job. <laughs> let's go back to Job. A third messenger arrived. Bands of Chaldeans. Raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. Once again, they left one person to come and bring them. He said, I am the only one who escaped to tell you. They made sure he received the news. All at once. It is so like that. And all of this is in one day. This one is finished talking. They've not finished. Ah, like that 18 while he was still speaking somebody say while he was still speaking another messenger arrived with this news that's what this one devastated your sons and daughters were feasting in their oldest brother's home we're chilling end of year get together let's party and what were they doing it said suddenly a powerful wind swept in from where the wilderness a wilderness is a place where there is nothing everything is already destroyed and that was where the wind came from you see there are times when certain winds blow it comes from a place that it has destroyed already a place, a home that it has, it has rendered useless and broken and fragmented already. If there is no protective hedge around you, that wind will enter your home. 
sometimes it's a wind of marital confusion and divorce sometimes it's sickness but I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that a windbreak will be erected around you around your family around your property around your marriage around your ministry and may that wind be deflected in the mighty name of Jesus if you believe that is your portion shout yes from the wilderness a place that is already destroyed sometimes you look at some families it's gone like the husband and wife there's no marriage they are just coexisting fragmented children don't have any attachment to parent not like the whole home is basa and it is a wind and it is heading towards your house but it will come and meet a windbreak in the name of Jesus. It will come and meet a shield. It said, Thou, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory and the lifter up of my head. It said, You are my God. You are my shield and you are my buckler. May a shield and a windbreak be erected around your home, around your business, around your ministry in the name of Jesus. And we pray for such a windbreak over this ministry. That when other ministries are collapsing, when immorality is eating up the clergy in certain ministries, where the love of money is taking up and taking over from the love of God and the love of the people of God, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that Lord, you erect a windbreak against such winds where this ministry is concerned. May our eyes continue to be fixed onto the cross of Jesus. If you believe that is our portion, shout amen. wind from the wilderness and what did this wind do it hit the house on all sides if it hits on one side cry, something will be left the north the south the east the west collapse the entire building and if the building alone collapsed it would have been okay but what happened then the house collapsed and all your children are dead I am the only one who escaped to tell you again. When people sit there and they say the devil is a toothless bulldog, is this the work of a toothless bulldog? Is this a, the, the work of a, a powerless being? Don't joke with this entity called the devil. Be sober and be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil walketh about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Sometimes it's the prayerless people who say those things. Oh, that's what I will do. Let's bulldog. It's not a bulldog. He's a roaring lion. This is not the work of a toothless bulldog. One day, businesses collapsed. Servants and workers killed. Children also killed. All in one day. But you see, Job was a spiritual man. When you have been consistent with God, even when the storms of life come, you will not be shaking. You are like Mount Zion. You are unmovable and you are unshakable. Somebody will roll on the ground and say, God, why me? I pray consistently. I, I, I died. I give my offerings. Why is it that this happened to me? God, is it that your word is not true? But look at what Job did in the verse 20. He said, Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground and worshipped. 
no wonder God looked at all the people and he said this one this one they will allow you you go and test him I know his heart may the Lord tell the devil that he knows your heart may, may God give a witness of you may God recommend you worship under such situations what are you talking about not one child but many children dead at the same time not one but multiple businesses collapse on the same day not one but many people you have employed working for you and making money for you dead in one day and you can lie on the ground and worship And then in verse 21, that's when he gave that famous statement. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb. I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had. And the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. People have walked this earth. Oh. People have walked this earth. I'm sure this thing was a dagger in the heart of the devil. Because he expected him to curse God. That was his whole aim. That if you remove this, this shield around him, if you remove this hedge around him, this guy will open his mouth and curse the Lord. But instead of cursing, he's worshipping. Instead of cursing, he's praising. I pray in the name of Jesus that when the storms of life hit you, when, when, when things happen the way you don't expect, instead of cursing God, instead of giving God ultimatums, you will lift up your hands and say, I am still a worshiper of God. I am still praising my God. All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. If you believe that it's your portion, shout amen. He never promised us an event-free life. He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He delivers him from them all. This is what can happen when you do not spend time in prayer. This is what the enemy can do in your life. But I pray that you will erect an altar of prayer in your home. You erect an altar of prayer over your ministry. You erect an altar of prayer over your marriage or over your education over everything that concerns you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Strange happenings. Oh, as far as when we sleep, we are asleep. But I pray that even as you are asleep, let there be angels watching over your home. Let there be angels with flaming swords of fire surrounding your home. Let there be angels standing upon the roof in your house. And I'm robbers come, this, 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 and then they will just escape like that. My wife was telling me when they were small. Those days, Pinterest was a very dangerous place. But her father is a prayerful man. He wakes up at dawn for every day. From the time she was small up to now, he still does it. Pray. And he doesn't pray a whispering prayer. So wherever you are in the house, you will hear him praying and you will hear the prayer topics he's praying. You pray for everybody. Pray for Ghana. Pray for the church. 
they were robbing the houses one after the other like that and they robbed the one next to them it's like the, the armed robbers had you know so it's like in our minds alas alas next in line the time they woke up another house had been robbed theirs had been skipped I pray in the name of Jesus that there must be a certain blood a certain blood a certain blood applied to the doubles and the lintel of your home that when evil comes and sees the blood it will pass by let that be your portion in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth strange occurrences strange things happen nowadays people like using children for sacrifices these are our boys when they go most of the time the, the conditions they are given is that bring an innocent child so nowadays people educate their children when you go to school and a stranger comes don't follow recently one doctor in Kolebu I think the, the house help had gone for the child and we're going by the roadside inside Latebi Okoshi here and all. Suddenly somebody came from behind and started attempting to snatch the child away. And the house help fought and carried the child and entered somebody's house before the people ran away. There are evil people walking around. But I pray that your brothers and your sisters, your, your children, they'll be covered in the blood of Jesus. You cover them by prayer. That when they see them, they'll see fire. When they see them, they'll see the angels of God. May they pass over them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God. There is evil, oh. There is evil. Jesus himself said, when you pray, pray that deliver us from evil. That's Jesus. King of kings, Lord of lords. The mighty anointed one. He said, when you pray, pray that deliver us from evil. Strange occurrences. Point number three. When you do not pray, you are powerless. You don't have power. There's a difference between authority and power. You have authority because of your identity as a child. But that authority is expressed through power. Hallelujah. You are powerless. And the devil knows when he comes and you know power. It's like his vision is like, you know, the battery sign on your phone comes. Oh, this one. Say this one. Hey, 86%. Charlie. <laughs> it go shock me. <laughs> and this one, it has enough to shock you. I can't touch it. Untouchable. I comes to you you see how the thing comes down and it becomes red just say below 10 say ah this one here there's nothing inside it I can't touch it I can't even put it in my mouth there will be no shocking but when you pray you charge your batteries when you pray you, you, you charge your power source the bible says he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself Jude 1 20 said, Beloved, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. 
when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it's like you have put your battery on charge. It is charging and charging and charging. And the good thing about this charging is that there is no 100% limit. You can go to 150. You can go to 200. You can go to 500. You can go to 1,000. As long as you are plugged in it, you receive more power. He said, behold, I give unto you power to trample over scorpions and snakes and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies harm you. Somebody say power. A powerless believer if you don't pray. You see sometimes how um, even some men of God they struggle, deliverance, they'll struggle with one demon who do part one, part two, part three, part four, part five, deliverance, no. If the demon shows his face, unless he doesn't show his face, if he shows his face, it must come out. It must come out. The, the disciples, they saw Jesus. They said, every morning, the man would go into a far place and go and pray and come. So, he has charged his battery already. When he comes and is confronted with one man with 6,000 demons, he will just use one word, go! And they are out. Sometimes they say, prayer come. They will chain the person. They will lash you. They will pour water on you. Demons don't respond to lashes. You are just tormenting the body of the one who is already tormented. When I hear such things, they, they will chain people with metals and the metals will cut them and they will be bleeding. Is that how Jesus was casting out devils? If you don't have the power to cast out the devil, refer. Do a referral. There are people walking around who are tankers of oil ready to do what you cannot do because they are investing in the place of prayer. You are in ministry and you don't pray, you are powerless. And this one it covers every ministry, whether it's preaching or singing or whatever. Look, people have come to the point where they depend on talent, talent, and experience. Oh, they're singing, oh, we know which songs when we press this button. Aha! The preaching, we know how to increase our voice in some way, be and speak in some way. And people who are not even listening to what you say will get up and fold their hands. Mm, 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 mm. He's preaching, he's preaching, he's preaching. You, know, you ask them, what did he say? He preached. It was powerful. He preached. Any ministry without prayer is powerless. If you want a ministry with power, power is not only when people fall down. Power is impact. Somebody say impact. The person leaves the ministration and can remember the song. The person is still singing the song in your heart. They are still singing the song in your mind. You preach and two hours after nobody can remember anything you said. You preach through experience. There was no power. No power. The evidence of power is impact. Everybody say impact. Somebody will go into a town and say I'm looking for alcohol to buy. He will search the whole town from length to breadth. He didn't get alcohol. And he asked, what strange town is this that I can't find alcohol to buy? And he told that 100 years ago, someone say 100 years ago, a man called John Wesley passed through this town. That is why you can't find alcohol here. That is impact. And this was a man who wrote in his diary that he was sad 
that he had become a lazy Christian. And the reason why he said he had become a lazy Christian was that now he's praying only four hours a day. Then what are you? If he is a lazy Christian and he's sad and, and he's agonizing in his spirit and writing it in his diary because he prays one, two, three, four hours a day. You are super lazy, hyper lazy, <laughs> mega lazy. Four hours. No wonder you have such impact. Charles Finney used to pray at least five hours a day. At least five hours a day. And he had an intercessor called Father Nash. He was doing like 12 hours a day praying for Charles Finney. Why won't his ministry have such an impact? The man before he enters a town to go and preach, it's like the people sense the gospel and start repenting even before he gets there. A factory without opening his mouth the presence of God was so strong in the place a factory of 3,000 people the factory shut down everybody just went down on their knees started confessing their sins giving their lives to Christ when the man hadn't opened his mouth his mere presence his mere presence if you don't pray you are powerless I'm telling you you see sometimes eh, the devil knows what you used to measure power okay maybe in your mind when i minister and somebody falls down then it means power so he lets that thing go to your mind so even when you have not praying and one day you minister and somebody falls down oh then it means charlie the thing it has become resident upon me it, it is a resident sitting abiding grace and anointing but you've forgotten that sometimes, eh, as Pastor Della said, some people, they come in with their worship. They come into the service with their prayer. They come in determined already to catch God and forgot to do something in their lives. Whether you standing there, you are anointed or not, they are, they are not looking at you. They are looking at he who sits upon the circles of the earth. Have you seen that one and you use that to judge that challenge? That thing is there. I'm hot. <laughs> We minister with experience. When you were a young preacher, now starting to preach, when you are given a slot, you will fast and you will pray because you are shaking and you are afraid that without the anointing of God, you're going to disgrace yourself. But you've done it a number of times and you are yet to disgrace yourself. So you feel, Charlie, the prayer we can put it behind we can we can relegate it to the background and your god will show up don't be like something who one day he got up and shook himself thinking that the spirit of god was there one day you went stand there and the devil come and shut your mouth and then you can't even open your mouth may god raise ministers of power may god raise ministers of prayer May God raise people who have a closest life. Look, sometimes when you are prepared 
to your natural eyes, you may think, oh, even the day rather that I prepared and I prayed, it wasn't that powerful. Don't deceive yourself. Do not, I've learned that thing in ministry. Trust me when I tell you. I've been in ministry for many years. Many, 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 many years. Sometimes the day you think it wasn't powerful, it's because you have your standards. You, you have what you want to see. You, you have the reactions you want to see. But in the spirit, it doesn't always operate that way. It doesn't. A man of God fasted and prayed. Went to preach at a crusade. Did the altar call. Only one boy came forward. You know, most of the time we don't even count the children. Say children. They don't count them among their souls. One boy. It looked like a failure. It looked like uh, upon all these fastings and prayers. But you see, he was binding certain things and holding certain things and releasing that little boy. And that little boy turned out to be Billy Graham. If you've read the story of Billy Graham, maybe next to Paul, then some people say Charles Finney. There probably hasn't been anybody who has led more people to Christ than that little boy. In the eyes of men and probably in the eyes of that preacher, that beating was not a success because the crowds didn't come to give their lives to Christ but just this one little boy. But in the annals of history, that was a successful... I'm sure there were probably things that would have prevented that boy from coming to the meeting. All those long hours of prayer were just opening the gates and opening the doors and releasing things and causing things to move and happen for him to be present at that meeting. A believer who doesn't pray is a powerless believer. The minister who doesn't pray is a powerless minister. Myself, I sat down and I was like, look, I need to go back to those days. I need to, I need to go back to those days. I remember when I was a student, those early days of ministry, I got some slot to be half night. And you know, half night people come with expectation, you know. They don't expect you to come and speak and go. The spirit of God must move. Half night. I stayed in my room. I prayed for 14 hours continuous. For what ministration? When I finished the prayer. I opened my door to come and stand. BQ. I opened my door to come and stand on the balcony. Somebody at the gate of BQ was like, hey, look at the guy. His face is shining. I closed the door and entered. There is something that happens to you when you tarry, when you stay in the presence of God. There is something about the glory of God that just rubs off on you. That day when I picked up the microphone, all I had to say was Jesus. And the spirit of God just broke out in the place. Deliverances taking place here and there. I didn't need to shout. There is something about tarrying in the presence of God. There is something about seeking his face. There is something about having koinonia with the spirit of the living God. And I pray that that spirit will come upon you. That desire to, to tarry in his presence and to wait on him and to commune with him. before that I've been in meetings I finished ministering in a literal cloud I'm not talking about vision no. a cloud that 
everybody could see entered the building entered the building that day about a quarter of the people collapsed they were unconscious by the time we finished me myself i was scared at a point i went to hide behind the speaker i was like when god is in the building and he's doing his things it's not now that he can say take it and receive it the fear of god gripped the place by the time i was giving the benediction that the people had i mean i'm not talking about they were just they were unconscious May God give you a desire for his presence. May God give you a desire for his presence. May God give you a desire for his presence. That they all I had to say was Jesus when I picked the microphone. That was it. There was a lady in the meeting who had discharge herself from hospital she wasn't supposed to be discharged she was like this revival I have to go there I have to be there I feel my healing is there she discharged herself from the hospital and came to take a front seat even though it was reserved for leaders came to take a front seat sometimes you must be determined tell somebody be determined you must be like the woman with the issue of blood he said if Jesus will not touch me me too I'll touch you it's as simple as that. Sometimes you don't want to be touched. He said, if he won't come and touch me, me, I'll touch him. She sat in front. And when I picked the microphone, the Lord just led me and said, if you came here with any sickness, you are being healed right now. And the power of God hit her where she was. Bah! Road fell down and came to lie in front there. For the two and a half hours that I ministered, she was off. When she woke up, in fact, she had actually been scheduled for a surgery. When she woke up, every symptom was gone. Every pain was gone. They actually now discharged her properly because she was determined enough to come and drink from the presence of God. Look, those of you who minister, don't joke with your closet life. Don't joke with your closet life. Don't, don't get to the place where you are now relying on experience. And another thing, don't belittle any meeting you are, you are invited to go and minister at. Sometimes we feel we are bigger than certain platforms. So we don't take it seriously. Or we think, but ah, by now we should be climbing bigger stages. Ah, these people, they are coming to waste my time. And that is a sure way of ensuring that you don't progress in ministry. I'm telling you, when you are faithful with little, that is when God will entrust you with bigger stages. They are children of God. Whoever they are, they are children. Don't belittle the children of God. They are the work of grace and, and blood that was shed. Don't belittle them. Very soon when we start the teen church, some of you will be sending you there. That is where you will prove your ministry. That is when you prove your giftings. You understand? Huh, don't say, ah, but why is it I'll take it to the church? somebody ministered to me as a teenager and the result is what you are seeing now and benefiting from as for that my first spiritual father, one of these days I'll bring him here one of these I have to bring him here anywhere I get to in ministry a lot of the credit will go to him because of the seeds he sowed in me he made me want to do ministry I look at his life. I was like, wow. 
a life of so much power, a life of faith, a life of prayer, a life of the word. I was like, this is how I want to live my life. Pick this up when we were 13, 14. Saw the grace of God upon our lives and started nurturing us. We'll close from school and instead of going home, we'll go into his house and we'll go and sit with him. Ask him questions. Be soaking. He'll pray with us. He'll lay hands on us. When he's going to conduct deliverance for somebody. That's what I mean. Like when it comes to casting out demons, I don't fear. I don't say it out of pride. It's by the grace of God. I don't fear. Because even when my voice hadn't broken, I was handling those things. He exposed us to things early. I mean, I won't see a demonic manifestation. Hey, 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 what is this? When I say I'm excited, it is time to show the devil that Jesus is the boss. And by God's grace, I don't struggle with casting out devils. By God's grace, I don't struggle. It was seeds that were sown into me. He put that thing in my mind that a believer cannot live one day without praying one hour. He, he, he implanted it into my spirit. To the extent that a part of me even believes it's a sin. <laughs> if you don't pray one hour, at least one hour a day. He told me when you want to enter the miraculous, two, three hours a day, you must do. He said that one hour, all he can do is to help you to witness to somebody. And I saw this man open blind eyes right in front of me. He was preaching like I'm preaching, unannounced. They rushed somebody in that the person cannot see. And the person was a child. So you can't say, oh, adults die. Oh, can you see just so that they won't embarrass you? Yeah, I can see men like trees. And Jesus said, no, no, no. If a child cannot see it, he says he cannot see it. A child had just gone blind, cannot see. Okay. He said, what is it? A child could not see. Laid hands and rebuked the thing. Remember, he said, what is it? He said, one, two, three. We were sitting down, dumbfounded. This was a man of prayer. Oh, I pray for you, minister of God, that you, you, will, you will be an addict of the presence of God. Cell group leader, how, how much time do you spend praying before that cell group meeting? The fact that the Bible study outline has already been prepared and all you are doing is, is administering what you have been taught doesn't mean you should sleep. Pray into the meeting. And let's get into the habit of also praying for others when they are going to minister. He that watereth shall himself be watered. The first day Apostle Joshua Selman was going to preach at action. I spent time interceding for him. I know others were waiting to receive. We can't wait. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah, it's good. The expectation is good. But I was moved to spend time interceding for him. I looked at people's deepest. I was like, God, the expectations are high. Give your servant the strength. Give him the requisite anointing. Give him the requisite grace. I agonize in the spirit for him. I pray that a certain spirit of prayer will come upon you today. A certain spirit that will make you want to spend time with God will come upon you today. My prayer for you is that prayer will not only be Lord, give me, Lord, give me, Lord, give me. You come to the point where you just want to spend time with God. You come to the place where you, you, you just want to be in the presence of God. You just want to soak the presence of God. You just want to, 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 to have His glory rub off on you. That's when you realize you are maturing in the spirit. 
It's not only they give me. There's a place for they give me. There's a place for the, for the Lord. You must do it. But let majority of your prayer be koinonia. Let it be fellowship. Let it be, be, be having a time of intimacy with God. Where iron will sharpen iron. realize that the more you spend time with God the more the power of your weaknesses diminish some of you that anger that I, I, I just can't stand this can't tolerate this that your mouth that you can't control your tongue that you can't control when you spend time with God and his glory just rubs off on you you realize that it will come to a time you will say, ah, but where did that thing go to? Those mood swings, let me tell you, they, they, some of them, they are not hormonal. The prayers we pray the other time, some of them, they are not hormonal. It is voices that are ministering to you. And we silence every such in the name of Jesus. You are liberated from it in the name of Jesus. You are delivered from it in the name of Jesus. You are set free from it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So it's mood swings. You are smiling with the person, no, the next moment, your face is straight. And even you yourself, you don't know why. It's not hormones. It's demons that are speaking to you. It's demons that are ministering to you. When you get to those times, the devil is trying to switch you into the realm of the soul. But the Bible didn't say walk in the flesh. It didn't say walk in the soul. It said walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. When it happens that way, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to switch from the realm of the flesh, switch from the realm of the soul and enter the realm of the spirit. That is a time to start worshiping. That is a time to start speaking in tongues. Desire the presence of God. When you come to that point where you have given yourself one hour to pray, but it gets to one hour and you're like, let me do an extra 30 minutes. The 30 minutes comes and says, let me add another 30 minutes. Another 30 minutes. Let me add another one hour. By the time you realize you have had solid time with God, time of communion and, and, and fellowship with God. I'm not saying it's bad to go before God with your petitions. It's part of it. It's part of it. But also cultivate the habit of just being in his presence and praying for other people. I told you the other time that the last time I prayed for anything for myself was 2009. How many years now? 12 years. That was the last time. Until recently, I prayed another one. I don't pray for things for myself. So, when we talk about the scripture that he who watered shall himself be watered, I understand it. I live it. I don't pray for things for myself, but God sorts me out. God takes care of me. God takes care of my family. I spend my time agonizing for you. I spend my time praying for you. I spend, and the people I pray for are many. They are not just you sitting here. And I just commune with God. I just worship. I just pray in the spirit. And enjoy the presence of God. May God bring you to that place in the name of Jesus. May God bring you to that place in the name of Jesus. May God raise an addict of the presence of God in somebody here. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I want you to begin to pray right now and say, Lord, make me an addict of your presence. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Bacchus, lift up your voice and begin to pray. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. An addict of the presence of God. 
Lord, we desire nothing else but your presence, your presence, your presence.
On the mountain of the Lord, as we ascend, you need to ascend that mountain on a daily basis. Lift up your head, oh, he lifted up the
Shut up, I am not a 
Shut 
to prayer you are praying. Be pushed into the courtroom of God. Take it, take it, Oh, 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 oh,
that it is finished. It was done 2,000 years ago. It is finished. Financial freedom. Lega lebranda la basata paha. It is accomplished. It is completed. 
Information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Someone overflow! overflow.